Hi, good evening, and welcome to our, our Wednesday, welcome to our Wednesday midweek service. Uh, we're going to start a new journey. Um, the title of the message is called Refuge to Restoration. Refuge to Restoration. And uh, let's, let's look here at Joshua chapter 3. <laughs> All right, let's look at Joshua chapter 3. <sighs> A wonderful family. All right, Joshua chapter 3, verse 5 says this. It says, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, set yourselves apart, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. For the Lord will do wonders among you. So he, he challenges Joshua, his children of Israel, you know, and you know. The backdrop is Moses was leading them. Moses passed away. The mantles passed on to Joshua. Now Joshua's leading the people. Uh, Over oh, in Joshua 1, he told them to be of good courage. You know, he, he, you know, the focus was to meditate on the word day and night, just to guide the people. So now they're at a place where they're about to cross over into a whole other level. So God's going to reveal himself. So he tells everybody to sanctify themselves, set themselves apart. God's going to do great wonders among you. Then he, you know, he goes on to uh, let Joshua know. He says, I'm going to magnify you in front of the people today. And so just the interesting thing is Joshua never asked, begged, hustled for to be magnified. Verse 7, it says, the Lord said unto Joshua, this day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of Israel, that they may know that I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. So our endorsement for people to follow us comes from God, not necessarily from our position in ourselves, our hustle, and our, our zeal. It actually comes from God. And so Joshua was just being faithful, and God, this is extra. I'm sure Joshua would have been happy just to see the wonders that God was going to show, but he took it to another level. All right, so, so, so we're setting the stage here, sanctifying ourselves to see the wonders of God, sanctifying ourselves to be magnified with God. 1 Corinthians 6, let's go there, 1 Corinthians 6. Build a little case here first. First Corinthians six. No. Wrong scripture. Sorry, people online. It's Second Corinthians, I believe. It's Second Corinthians uh, six seventeen. My apologies. It says, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So here it's saying, Come out from among them, and this, this is after he says, what, fel uh, what fellowship has light with darkness? Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. He, he kind of gives the breakdown. What concord hath Christ with Baleo? Uh, um, what agreement at the temple of God with temple of idols? Then he goes on and says, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. So once again, we, we have sanctifying ourselves to see his wonders, but come out and be ye separate. You know, get, getting away from the things that are unclean. And God said, I will receive you. So he's basically saying, it's not like a, I'm trying to punish you. What I'm trying to tell you is you can't get as close as you need to be with me 
carrying anything unclean because then you'll, you'll pollute me. And if you pollute me, then that affects all the people that I impact. So if you come into my presence like you desire to, you have to uh, uh, purge yourself of some of the things that could corrupt my space if you want to be in my presence, okay? So my presence is a benefit to you, but you actually have to be in harmony with me to benefit from my presence. All right, so, so and, uh, there's a scripture, uh, uh, it might be Isaiah, Jeremiah, I'm not sure, but it talks about um, just how all these little different things, these unclean things, uh, it says you err from wine and strong drink. I don't have the exact scripture. Uh, I thought I did, but I don't. Uh, how shall you basically teaching God from God my people? But it says when you have lies as a refuge. Now, we're going to talk about what a, what a refuge really means and why the topic is refuge to restoration. While we talked about sanctification and setting ourselves apart as the, the prelude to talking about refuge, but also how it's, you know, it's a, a refuge is, well, I'll just give it to you for right now, and then I'll get into with the Lord while we've been talking about this. A refuge is a sanctuary. It's a sanctuary. It's a, it's a condition of being safe uh, or, or a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. So, I'm, I'm, I, so, so when I set myself apart and I sanctify myself and, I'm, uh, and I put myself in a particular, especially in the presence of God, there's a, there's, a, there's a comfort there, there's a safety there, there's a confidence there, but there's also an opportunity to be ready for some things there in which we'll talk about. So the Lord told me this, uh, it might have been earlier this year, it might have been the end of last year, I'm not sure, but I was supposed to share it. And what the Lord said is those who begin in refuge will be the catalyst for restoration of my kingdom. So those who begin in refuge, those who start out. See, think about it. When, we, when we're in our funky state in, our, in life, and a lot of us have been in a funky state in life. And, you know, and I think I, think, uh, I was, I was uh, studying some stuff out, you know, because I learn stuff when I have conversations. So as I have conversations, I go, well, let me make sure I'm accurate. So I was studying stuff out. And, you know, just studying out, like, our culture of sexuality. Our culture of sexuality, you know, it's, it's normal. You know, we all got the testimony. I used to be out there, you know, not all of us. A lot of us have the testimony. <laughs> I was out there. Like, Bakari is like, excuse me, let's correct this, <laughs> right? But uh, some of us has uh, been around here a little longer, you know. Uh, we participated in 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 multiple relationships, let's call it that. Now, now, back in the day, in the Bible, multiple relationships is what was labeled as the uh, unfaithful. Uh, some people was called harlots. Some of us would have been called harlots, right? Don't get mad. I'm just saying. That's, it's, it's according, I'm just saying if you, if, you, if you compare the culture of our life to the culture of their life, it wasn't the norm to just be out there, you know, with all types of people. Remember when uh, uh, Mary got pregnant? When Mary got pregnant, Joseph was like, hold on now. I don't know if I want to roll with you now. I don't know what you're doing. I, I, I wasn't with you. But, 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 but why, why would he even feel like that? Because there wasn't the norm. You just, 
You know, you just, you know, these days somebody say, oh, you got pregnant, you know, that's okay, I love you, I'll take care of the child. But, but Joseph was like, nah, nah, sorry. God had to tell him, nah, it's cool, it's cool, <laughs> it's cool. This is supernatural. She wasn't out there, right? She wasn't out there, right? So, so I'm saying that to say um, when we get to go through this and we decide to wake up and get ourselves right, we normally look for a safe haven, a place where, we're, where we can safely grow uh, get what we need and, and process through some things. Even a place where you can make mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, when you first come into the kingdom, you're learning how to operate in the kingdom. We don't always have that down, do we? You know, we kind of have mishaps. And sometimes we don't really want to know. We have our own philosophies. Ain't nothing wrong with that. God's cool with that. We're not checking to see if he's cool. We just flow like that. So when you're in this sanctuary or this, this safe place, now you can uh, now actually get what you need without all the, the, the chaos and the craziness. Because it's kind of hard to move when you're in craziness. You know, I was in a, a couple of crazy situations, and I, I just went away. Like, I, I left, I was in Newark. I left Newark, and I, it might be different now because a lot of these cities have changed, but I went to Plainfield, New Jersey. And I was just by myself, you know, wasn't trying to, Roll with nobody. So what I did was I caught the, you know, they stole my car so many times. I told you that story. So I caught the train back and forth from Plainfield to Newark. And the train got right off where the, the city hall is. So I could just walk right to my job, right? But I, that refuge helped me to get myself together. I remember when I worked in upstate New York. I could come home, but I, I never came home. I, for a whole year, I didn't come home. And that refuge helped me to refocus my life. That's when I really started to, to see God. You know, again, that was the first stage. And, and, and so these, these refuges are, uh, it kind of helps us. It assists us, right, this place of refuge. And the interesting thing in our core values uh, on our website, God, when we started the church, he says, well, heirs will be a place of refuge. It will be a place of refuge. So that's not something I planned. That's what God said. And um, it says this, this is what actually it says on the website, God has established our ministry as a refuge, a safe place where people can heal, become whole, strengthen themselves, and fulfill their purpose. We're excited about what the Lord is doing at Ayers and pray you'll come and grow with us. Keyword, come and grow with us. All right, everybody's not ready made. And so when I think about this, uh, when I was meditating on this, God was just showing me how I've been talking to you guys about this for a long time. But it's, sometimes it's hard to dial in. Why? Because sometimes we bring our drama into the safe place. You know, so uh, I'm not going to say names because I don't want to incriminate nobody. But there was a situation where a person was in a tough relationship. So they're in a tough relationship, so they found this home for refuge, okay? So they go to the home. Now, when they come to the home, the people are going, okay, listen, you can come into the refuge, but you can't bring your drama to the refuge, okay? But you can come. Now, if you don't think you can't bring the drama, you can't come into the refuge because this is a safe place. If you bring your drama, it's no longer a safe place, right? So the person comes, and, and they had a, they had a, how can I put it? They had brought some people with them. <laughs> they brought some people with them. So one of the people that they brought the person that caused the drama called the other person. And, you know, they just do 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 They just let the person into the refuge, right? Well, they caused drama. 
So, so, so what God is trying to say is when, when, I, when, I, when I bring you to a place of refuge, try to leave your drama at the door. Try. You know, sometimes it's hard. Uh, we tell this. We have uh, professional uh, people that we minister to, and, you know, they understand when they come into the house, they're coming to grow just like everybody else. So they're leaving their accolades at the door, almost like it's a visible uh, coat rack out there, you know, and people take their accolades, their reputation, their drama, their craziness out the door and come and receive from God. Let's hear what God's saying. It's kind of hard to hear with a lot of voices in your head, right? And so, so uh, the Bible says this. Let's go to Matthew, right? I'm really setting a foundation, but talking about refuge to restoration. What does the scripture tell us? Forget all the things that are behind us, press towards the mark. Well, it's telling us that because it's like, how can you receive what I have if you're still playing off where you've been? Right? You know, so every time I introduce you something, yeah, but I don't know, this happened. And I introduce something, but I don't know, this happened. Well, I just want to make sure this doesn't happen to me again. And God says, well, I'm not getting a, I'm not getting a fair start. You're bringing your noise into an atmosphere that had nothing to do with it. Right? All right, so Matthew 11, and we'll lock here on verse 28. Right? It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Now, that labor could just be the physical grind. It could be the labor that a lot of us have in our head, um, you know, fighting for, I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen to me again, and you're not in the same situation. Right? Right, but uh, uh, almost just uh, carrying around experiences that's been painful, right? And then this says, look, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek, right, not self-seeking and lowly of heart, empty of self, right? That's humility, lowly of heart. And you shall find rest for your souls. He says, okay, now take my yoke, my yoke. He says, I am, look, he says, for I am meek, not self-seeking. So now when you come in here, again, like I said, you, you, you're, you're coming into the refuge, so you're hanging up all the accolades, the reputations. I'm trying to prove I'm this, that, and that. You, you're hanging all that up, right? Because you're not self-seeking, right? You're just trusting God. Okay, God, I'm going to let you guide me through this, right? But then it says, lowly of heart, I'm empty of self. That's what humility is. I'm empty of self. See, the only time you... you, you, uh, you uh, um, you know, I pulled this from, you know, sometimes I can't give you all, we'll be all day. How did he get to the conclusion of that? Well, from Matthew 5, from over and over and over, just studying our humility, right? But sometimes you can't give everybody the whole result, the whole study, you're giving them the results of your study, okay? Right, so lowly of heart is humility, and humility is empty of self. So if, if I'm worried about what people think, if I'm worried about what they say, if I'm embarrassed, well, I would have, self would have to be involved, right? Right? Right. But if self is not involved, how can I be embarrassed? <laughs> right? Because, you know, what is, what is this, the statement, a dead man has no feelings? Right? If I'm crucified with Christ, right? So he says, I learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly of heart. It says, you shall find rest for your soul. So a lot of times... 
we may go home and lay down but not rest, right? We may go home and lay down, but it's hard to rest. There's some people struggle with even sleep, right? Because they can't find rest for their souls, right? It says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So in God's place of refuge, he's trying to take the weight off, right? But you got to give it to him. The Bible says, cast your cares, don't carry them, right? Lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us, right? Don't carry the weight, lay it aside. Now, why is that hard? Because if we lay aside every weight, we got to take our hands off of it. So a lot of us struggle in navigating in the kingdom because the kingdom is about faith and it's about floating. The kingdom is about faith and it's about floating, letting go, right? But most of us, we want to be in control because you feel like you let go, you're trusting someone else to catch you, meaning God, right? We barely trust humans, so, you know, trusting God that we can't see is very difficult. But that's the thing. To really ex- to benefit from God's refuge, we have to let go of stuff. Now, everything is not hands-on, it's head-on, right? Listen, everything is not hands-on, it's head-on, right? We're controlling things with our, with our, with our head, with our thoughts, constantly. That's our mind. Like, before you can, like, really... Relax, you know, and normally it's worst case scenarios, right? And in this refuge, God doesn't want you to, to, to deal with that. Now, again, he doesn't want you to bring that noise in because it's going to be hard for you to hear what, the, what it's going to take for you to experience God's peace and rest. Now, Psalm 91, 1 and 2, all right, we're talking about refuge to refer, restoration. So it says this, it says, you know, we read this the Bible study fellowship in the morning, right? It says, he who dwells in, I'm going to read it from the, the classic Amplified version. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress and my God. On him I lean and rely in him I confidently trust, right? Now, now, when I'm in this refuge, why am I concerned? No foe can do anything to me. As the scripture says in uh, Psalm 55, I believe it is, I will not fear what man can do unto me, right? Right, so, so he's saying, now, so I'm, I'm, he's my refuge, he's my fortune, he's my God. I'm leaning and relying on him, and, I, and I'm trusting in him confidently, Right? Because otherwise, I may be in his presence, but not in his presence. I can't be in my head in his presence at the same time. Let's drop down here to verse 7. Verse 7, uh, 7 through 11, it says, A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall come not near you. Now, this is, now, now process through that. These people are falling because they're under attack. They're being taken out. And they're falling around you. Think about if you just see people falling around you, the temptation is to panic. But if you have an impenetrable, is that right? Impenetrable? Did I say it right? Okay, impenetrable force field, you're like, man, that's a shame they're falling, but it can't come near me. Do you have that confidence? You know, somebody within the force field will start running as <laughs> soon as they see people falling, right? Running within the force field. 
Well, you can't be, nothing can happen. This is what we're doing. We're bringing noise into the refuge, right? It says, uh, so it says, a thousand may fall at your right side, at your side, I'm sorry, and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only a spectator shall, shall you be, yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High, as you witness the reward of the wicked. So the people fallen are the people that are twisted or wicked. This is because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High your dwelling place. There shall no evil before you, nor any plague or calamity come near your tent. For he will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany, defend, and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. Right? That's what it said. All your ways of obedience and service. So, so, so now, now think it. It says, I've made the Lord my refuge. So I don't worry about evil because I'm resting in God. Now we're going to talk about here on Sunday the believers. See, see, to rest in God, I got to believe this fortune. I can't, I, I can't be touched with God. I got to rest. But, but, but why when something happens? See, people falling, something happens around us. To people that you, people aren't your puppets. They're not our puppets. Because you like a person, you can't make them have God as their refuge. They have to choose that. And so you start to get all worked up. Now, you in the force field, somebody made a choice not to make God as their refuge. They're going through something and you're panicking. All you can do at that point is intercede. But listen, you can cry all day. That doesn't change the situation. I'm not being insensitive. What I'm saying is everybody has choice to make God as their refuge. Right? Everybody has choice to operate in service and obedience. Because you like them, because you love them. You can't make them operate in service and obedience. They have choice. Right? Did, we got that? Did, did, I, did, I, did I tell you I lie or something? All right, okay. All right, I'm not being insensitive. I'm just trying to, the, the scripture says, right? All right, so, so, so now let's go to Psalm 27. Psalm 27, right? These are all my, like, favorites, right? You know, so... All right, so, so I'm not going to read the whole, my favorite is Psalm 27, 13. You know, I would have fainted, given up unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord, the Lamb, the Liberty. But I get to use that scripture on Sunday, so we don't have to use it right now. It's gonna, we're going to use that on Sunday. So right now, we'll just hit verse 1. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Look, whom shall I fear or dread? Look, the Lord is the refuge and stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now, now, it's saying something and saying something. It's saying he's my refuge and my strength. So why is there any fear in my life? But he's also saying if he's not my refuge and my strength, I'm probably fearing everything. <laughs> right? So it's saying something, but it's saying something. Right? Psalm 46, 1 through 3. Psalm 46, 1, 2, 3. 1 through one through three. And this is the classic amplifier version also. Look, look, so, so look, I, I, I might be going too fast. Am I going too fast? I know Mr. Lamar didn't say I was going too fast. <laughs> Anybody else, am I going too fast? 
Yeah. <laughs> I know Mr. Run Through. <laughs> All right, okay. I'm so, so, are we good? Is everybody that song? I gave y'all time to get to Psalm 46. All right? One through three. Classic amplifier version. Ms. Lamar, are you there? <laughs> okay. All right, it says, God is our refuge and strength. Okay, look, mighty, impenetrable to temptation. So look, even temptation can't get in if I'm in a refuge. Right? Look, it says, a very present and well-proved help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains be shaken in the midst of the seas, though its waters roar, its waters roar and roar and foam, though the mountains tremble as it swells in torment, selah, peace, and calmly. Think of that. It's saying, though everything around me is crazy, it could be earthquakes or whatever. No, 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 no. I'm, I, I, I'm in God's refuge. It doesn't affect me. Though the job is about to shut down. They shutting the job down. Just, 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 no, nah, we just shutting it down. Y'all got to find another job. Cool. I'm with God. <laughs> Though there's a pandemic, okay, I'm with God. Though there's inflation, cool. Might be a surprise to me, but it's not a surprise to God. Thank God I'm in his refuge, right? And, and so, so, Verse 7 says this in the same chapter. Well, verse 7 and 11, it calls a refuge, our high tower and stronghold, our high tower. So we're at a high vantage point. So you just can't, you can't see within to access us. So, so I always say this, don't let everybody see you coming. You know, some people, you know, they constantly run their mouth. They, just, they see you coming. The devil and everybody see you coming, right? But it says a stronghold. Now, you can't get in here. You just can't access it. See, they, they built those castles in a way where we have, we have the high ground, we have the vantage point. I went to visit, uh, I took a, a senior class trip when we volunteered at Charlotte United Christian Academy. The seniors asked me to go with them on that class trip. So we went through the Virginia area, went through the, 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 uh, the, uh, the uh, Marines Museum, went someplace going bananas where we did uh, uh, zip lining. We went to Monticello. That's uh, Thomas Jefferson, right? Yeah. So Thomas Jefferson built the house. It's on a high position. The house is set up where it's, it's at the peak. Anywhere in the house, you can see people coming. I mean, it's beautiful. They, they, they landscaped the entire property. I mean, I, I don't know. It could be 1,200, 2,000 acres, something crazy. But the whole thing is landscaped. <laughs> the entire thing. And then even the, it's the house, the way the, the, the beds was out of the walls and stuff like that. The whole thing, i never seen nothing like it. But it was, they purposely said it's on the high ground, so they felt safe at home. Because <laughs> you can see people coming a mile away <laughs> from wherever you're at. And people are afraid to come and attack, was afraid to come and attack the house because they're like, well, we exposed. Like, you want to, you want to, as a, you want to sneak, but if you out in the open, <laughs> you ain't sneaking, everybody see you coming. <laughs> and then they're at the high ground, so you looking up, you don't even know who's seeing you. So you're totally vulnerable. 
when someone's at. So we're at a high tower. We're in a place where we can see the adversary coming, but he can't see what we do. If God is your refuge, right? Psalm 32, 7. I'll give you some time to get to Psalm 32, 7. You ain't even turning there. Be quiet. Okay, I got you. In your head you are. I'll give you time for your head to get there. How about that? <laughs> okay. My guy. Sorry, man. All right, so Psalm 32, 7. It says, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. Hey, have some peace. Think on that. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 think about, like, now, okay, look, look uh, Proverbs 18.10. Proverbs 18.10. I might speed it up a little bit here. All right? But all the scriptures, because it's all scriptures here, just start out. And they all, you'll get them all online with the exception of that first one, which was 2 Corinthians 6.17. I think I do that every time I use that scripture that I give you first. But Proverbs 18.10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run, runneth into it and is safe. So that word name is, 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 is character and honor. We run into the character of the Lord and we're safe. <laughs> right? We're safe, you know. If we're in Christ, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Psalm 62, 8, uh, again, the uh, uh, classic Amplified. I now, now, this is really the, or part of the definition for belief, but it says it opens up with trust in, lean on, rely on, and have confidence in him at all times, you people. <laughs> That's how it opens up, right? It says, pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. Look, a fortress and high tower. Still saying that. Say live. Pause and calmly think of that. <laughs> right? Psalm 119, 114. So it says this, look. It says, you are my hiding place, my shield. I hope in your word. I'm resting in, like, I'm, like, like, See, see, the thing is, the naivety has you, you know, so, so they say, you know, so I'm, 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 I'm sneaking through because I'm trying to win the war, but I'm camouflaged, right? And so some people say, okay, stay low, just stay down low, stay down low. But, you know, you, if, you, if you watch movies and stuff like that, and this is happening in real life, there's always somebody in fear is anybody out there? You know, so everybody down low, you can't see them, right? We're hidden. But so, I don't see nobody. Boom, take it out. You let them see you coming. Like, 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 you're, 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 you're in God's, um, it's a message I taught years ago on being covert. You know, you remember there's a scripture where, where they was coming at Jesus. It said Jesus moved through the midst of them. Like, why, they, why the crowd was after him? It's like, okay, he was just here, you know. Like, so, so I think about Jesus' life. He was covert. He was, he, like, he wasn't just, I mean, he's the Messiah. He went 30 years and did no miracles. He's the Messiah. 
He's fixing porches, making tables and chairs as a carpenter. But he's the Messiah. Now, now we're not talking about, I mean, there was supernatural things that happened at his birth. You know, you, got, you had kings coming from all, all over, bringing wealth to him, starting him off with wealth. So he's the, he is, we think we sweet. He is. But still, he sat back and honored Joseph and Mary. Fixed porches. I mean, he can snap his finger and make a porch, but he's fixing porches, right? The Bible says he was touched on all points as we were. Boy, we can learn a whole lot from Jesus, but he stayed hidden until God revealed him. David, tending sheep after he was anointed too. So there's one thing he was tending sheep before he was anointed. But after he was anointed, he still tended sheep. And after he was anointed, not only tended sheep, he played the harp for the king. He was anointed to be king. But when he played the harp, was bringing food. He was a busboy. Like he did DoorDash. <laughs> like he, showed, <laughs> he showed up with food for the army. In him was a warrior. He was a warrior. We know this because he, he was taking folk out as soon as he got to do a war. All this is in him, but he never put himself on a platform. He stayed covert, stayed in God's refuge until God revealed him. You see that? All right, Deuteronomy 33, 27. Deuteronomy 33, 27. All right, it says this. It says, the eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He shall thrust out the enemy before thee and shall say, destroy them. So God is going to make sure we're taken care of. 2 Samuel 22, 3. 2 Samuel 22, 3. I want to give you a lot of scripture so you're constantly being uh, realize or you're constantly walking in a realization that God got you covered with just stay in his presence. Don't panic even though you hear all that noise. You know, you, know, you, see, you see the movies of people on the inside and they hear all the noise outside. So somebody runs outside. Like, are we serious? <laughs> like, like, you're protected, but you're going to run outside. Okay, good. All right. So, so uh, this scripture says, my, rock, my God, my rock, in him will I take refuge. My shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, my refuge, my savior, my savior, you save me from violence. Right? And then Psalm 9 9. Psalm 9 9. Okay, they're all saying the same thing. They're in so many different places. So God has been reminding us the whole time, man, throw with me. I got you covered. Uh, Psalm 99, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And so we protest, well, maybe we should go into the refuge. Because he says a refuge for the oppressed. So how many people that are oppressed are going into the refuge of the Lord? Right? Once again, we're using our hands or our head. 
not God's might. All right? That's what the scripture says. I didn't say that. That's what the scripture says, okay? Drop your rocks. I know somebody over there messing up your, the flag you just made. All right, so Psalm 59, 16. It says, but I will sing of thy power, yea, I'm sorry, Psalm 59, 16. Let me give you a chance to look at it. Set your eyes on it. It says, but I will sing of thy power, yea, I will sing aloud of, the mercy, of thy mercy in the morning. For thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of trouble. So, so and the other thing to, to watch as you read this, none of this indicates that trouble won't come as a Christian. It doesn't say that. It just says God is your refuge, right? It didn't say trouble won't come, right? What the Bible does say, no weapon formed against me will prosper. It didn't say the weapon wouldn't be formed, right? So a lot of times when trouble comes, our response is almost like we're, we're stressed because like this is not supposed to happen based on what? You're trying to live for God, the devil's trying to get you, right? But your peace is, I'm with God, if you're with God. So when we go into God's refuge, we're going to process through some things, and we're going to talk about that through the next couple of weeks. There's, there's things that happen within God's fortress, God's, God's place of refuge, because now it's not just for us to just sit around and, you know, drink Kool-Aid, right? It's, it's, again, as we talked about sanctified, being sanctified, God wants to do wonders, and we talked about coming out from among them, uh, and we talked about when God told them to sanctify himself, God was setting Joshua up to show him before everybody. So this refuge, we're going to spend some time within this fortress, we're going to spend some time in Patient Mountain. We're going to spend some time on Patient Mountain. You ever, you know, you go to a boot camp and it's off somewhere someplace, and they have this obstacle course, and they're training and preparing you for, for something, right? Preparing you for battle or whatever. They're equipping you for what's coming ahead. So we're going to have to go through Patient Mountain. Now, again, uh, some of us are going to try to get around it, uh, and that's we're going to try to have early success, uh, try to everything will be about props or pri- or. Or, or just our, our prideful appetizing, like we just, you know, you know, we just want to feed our pride, feed our pride. Well, that's trying to get around Patient Mountain, right? But Patient Mountain, uh, because in my life, the Lord has had me climb, climbing Patient Mountain, and during this particular time, you're hidden. It's not about early success. Uh, you're, you're, you're hidden while you're believing for future fulfillment um, at the expense of present props. You're hidden while you're believing for future fulfillment at the expense of present props. So you might not get props up front, but you're hidden as you're building a character to handle what your ability is going to produce, which we'll talk about later. All right, so, so, so within, this mountain, within this fortress or in this refuge, we're going to go through Patient Mountain, but what Patient Mountain and some of the things that we're going to go through, go, some of the things we're going to go through is going to teach us to how to embrace private victory, how to embrace private victory, 
right? Um, and, and, and so the reason why private victory is, is important because private victory is really what facilitates public triumph. Private victory is what facilitates public triumph. A lot of times people don't have public triumph because they don't have private victory, right? They don't have victory in the unseen areas of their lives, right? So remember uh, 1 Samuel 17, you can read it 15, verses 15 to 34. We don't have to read it for right now, but I wanted to give you that reference for David uh, with the sheep. So that was David's refuge. That's where he got his private victory. 1 Samuel 17, uh, verses 15 to 34. You can read it when you have time. Uh, but David went through different places of refuge, right? Remember the cave of Adullam. You know, when one of his sons betrayed him, he ran to the cave of Adullam with some other mighty men, right? That was another place of refuge or a place where he had to get private victory. You know, and, and one of the guys went and got him a drink. Right? So, so the Philistines are after him. The guy goes to get him a drink. He goes through the army just to get him a drink of water. Comes back, David didn't drink it. He says, well, I can't, I can't take of something that costs me nothing. He said, it didn't cost me, so I can't take this. Private victory, right? David did a, like, remember, he could have took out Saul. Saul was after him. He's like, nah, that's God's anointing. I let God deal with him. God will be my vengeance. God will take care of him. God will take care of this oppression that he's taking me through. Nah, I'm just going to keep my heart with God. I let God deal with him, right? I'm not going to deal with him. So again, but nobody saw that. Like that wasn't in front of all the kingdoms. You know what I'm saying? That was, that was in a cave. You know, private victory, right? I, I did a Bible study at a campus one time. Well, not one time, for a long time, like 12 years. And so we had brought some other people in to assist, but it never grasped for them because it wasn't like, in front of the thousands of people at the church, you know, it was on campus with the students. So, so it wasn't, they didn't have to say, sometimes they wouldn't show up, right? Because it was like, this is not important. You know what I'm saying? But, but you got to have the private victory. Now watch, uh, you know, I was over, I was at the, uh, helping with the camp on Tuesday. I got to go there tomorrow, Friday too. And, but I was watching the kids being served that's private victory. That's not. That's not on the live feed. Don't nobody know that. But it's big. Because we were talking about this driving in. Like, you could see all these little personalities. These kids right now, they, they, they look like adults. <laughs> like, they're kids, but they got, like, it look like they've already grown into who they're going to be, right? As far as how they look. I'm not, obviously, they have to mature. But, but you can see, like, you could always see how somebody's going to be when they're older, right? But that's just it. They're going to be older. So you can, you, can, you can almost cheat giving them what they need because you don't get the same level of props for the children's ministry. But that private victory, right, creates public triumph. And I, I know this because I work with kids. You know, I, I, I did PE with the, with the kids from, I did PE and I did chapel probably for eight years, from kindergarten to eighth grade. You know, taught me a lot. But nobody, it wasn't thousands. There's was a lot of kids, but I'm saying it wasn't thousands. You know, so you got to, 
Like, everybody has to be important. Something, um, here, let's look here at Moses. Moses is a great example of this. Um, so these lessons are through the Bible, but sometimes I think we, we see their victory. We see their triumph, but we don't see where they, get, where they really gain their victory in the unseen areas of their life. And we get to see it scripted, but a lot of people didn't see it while it was actually happening, right? So Hebrews 11, verse 25. Hebrews 11, verse 25. So, so this is a great story. This is the story of Moses. It says, uh, it says, look, Moses choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So this is a description. This is, of course, it's the faith chapter, and it said Moses did this by faith. But this is when, you know, Moses had grew up in Pharaoh's house. So basically, Moses, he got it going on. You know, he's a part of the inheritance of the kingdom that's ruling everything. And so he discovers these ain't really my people, <laughs> right? So depending on how some of us are, we'd be like, too bad, so sad. I'm chilling, you know. I got all the gold. I got the money. I mean, I'm, you know, I got the whatever, you know. But Moses was like, nah, I'm just going to go with my people. Now, these are the people that's being enslaved. These are the people that's getting abused. He left authority and power and riches. Like, nah, 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 that's cool. Nah, I'm just going to go with my people. But it said... To enjoy, he could enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, but he's like, nah, on his inner man, that's not going to fulfill me. So he actually did what's best. Again, private victory, he ended up with what? Public triumph, <laughs> right? Because he made the right move. And so, so I was studying this out uh, uh, for something else probably 10 years ago, and so our culture, which when the forefathers started this country, they started on those same principles of, of the word. And everything in the country, you know, again, if you, if you go back and even look at architecture and different things that was built, some things are still, still living to this day because of the integrity and the, the, the strength in which it was put together. You know, now when they put together stuff, the wind blower may fall down, right? You know, they built cars that, if there was a wreck, you might not even be a dent. If one of those cars were running into one of these cars now, they totaled the car now. The other car would probably just get a scratch. But the first 150 years of our country, when the forefathers came, everything was, was built on private victory. Everything was about character and private victory. The last 70 years has been about public presentation. And it's getting worse now because, you know, you know, everybody's a, 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 a Twitter or a social media superstar now, right? So, so, you, so people are, are being afforded platforms without the character to handle them. Whereas, whereas the first 150 years, you wouldn't get a platform if you didn't have the character to handle it. Now, you're, you're being given a platform whether you have the character or not. And that's what's crushing folk. And so, so again, when we when we start processing through this refuge, God's trying to return us back to embrace pri private victory. So this, it's, 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 
And some of the things that we're going through now is why. And it stretches us, it challenges us because we don't understand sometimes. See, this unexpected adventure will attack our freelancing and arrest our complacency. So, so, so when, this, when, when it first happens, um, it, 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 we're freelancing. We're kind of just, we're not really a freelancer just, just, just does whatever but doesn't take the time to, to build the foundation first. You know, they just... Whatever, that doesn't work, they'll jump over here. If that doesn't work, they'll jump over here. So they're always looking for comfort and relief as opposed to sticking and staying through process, right? You know, a freelancer can never be a tree, not, not a blossoming tree because it won't stay rooted long enough. <laughs> be jumping around so much, you know. Um, so it'll attack our freelance and arrest our complacency. You know, something that we talked about a long time ago when we taught on the heir's life. It will have us abort self-imposed isolation because we have a self-imposed isolation, which is not the refuge in God. It's, it's our own protective custody, right? It, it'll, it'll have us abort our self-imposed isolation and, off, and audition for God's purpose team. When we, when we audition for this purpose team, we'll be tested for private victory and summoned to public triumph. So again, our self-imposed isolation has us under our own protective custody where soon as somebody, like, like, let me help, let me help. Hopefully this will help. The reality is all of us didn't grow up in the same households, correct? The reality is we all have different personalities, correct? Fearfully and wonderfully made, right? The other reality is some of us haven't, we all haven't grown up in the best households or have the best examples and stuff like that in a lot of cases, especially with, you know, kids having kids, right? You know, everybody don't have mom and dad and stuff like that. All right, so, and when you went through your pain, let's say you come into this church. When you've gone through your pain, was all of us present? So we really have no idea. So that means we can say things that will trigger some of the things you've been through, right? Well, that's your opportunity to love because, because you can run to another situation, but guess what? They didn't grow up and went through your experience either. So eventually, you're going to have to forge through and help people to help you. You see, you're going to have to work through uh, either giving people an understanding or getting an understanding. Right? All of us have to do it. Yeah, I had to do it because I used to walk around like everybody knows what I went through. Then nobody knows. So I had an attitude and they was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> they had no idea. Right? But I walked around like, you knew what happened to me today. They weren't in the house. <laughs> Funky attitude. Snapping on folks. Why well, I had a bad day. Well, put a, you know, put a sign on your forehead. Let a ticker go by. Oh, had a bad day. Thanks, man. I'm glad you put that ticker up. You know, we won't bother you. Nobody knows that. And so we, 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 we have these landmines, as we talked about in another teaching, and anytime someone comes anywhere near, the landmine goes off. So how are we going to get what we need? We have to come out from our own isolation. Now, now on this, uh, this artwork here, uh, there's a castle, Right? And so, so interesting, I, I, I didn't time this out, but, but uh, you know, so again, refuge to restoration. And so 
uh, well, me and Pastor Melanie met. So we, we meet, and so we met supernaturally at church. So God is trying to bring us into a place of refuge so we can finally fall in love and grow together and be happy, right? And so supernatural, man. Listen, there was an electric shock went through my arm, shock went through our arm. Wonderful, wonderful experience, right? Day one, right? So you, you still, now you got to interact, right? So we're talking, and so now we're, we're, God, God has brought us to a place of refuge. Well, she brought in some of the, the stuff that happened before. So we started talking, and I'm, I'm a vulnerable, transparent person, if you haven't figured that out by now. Like, totally vulnerable. Like, so when I met her, I gave her my journal. I was starting my life over. I said, I sleep on, I'm sleeping on my sister's couch. Uh, behind the couch, I have my clothes folded up. This is my dresser. This is my junkie closet. Jesus Christ is first in my life. Not trying to have sex till I get married. Bam, this is me, right? So then we have our first conversation. Uh, it was supposed to be a pillow talk conversation. Didn't end up that way. But it was supposed to be a wonderful, you know, you know, how you doing? Oh, I was wonderful. Great. You know, just, you know, you, you, you true love, right? And so I started talking about my past and how I used to get high and stuff like that. You know, I'm just talking. You know, I'm, I'm an open book. The whole conversation shifted. I'm like, so what happened? She was like, well, once you get high, you'll always get high. Right? I'm like, huh? Because like, I already knew I'm never getting high again. What's she talking about? You know, but she had an experience with somebody that got high and, you know, um, really uh, had a negative effect on our life. I'm not going to dog him out. Right? So this is first argument. Because I'm like, this girl's tripping. So we're going back and forth in the argument. In the middle of the argument, the Holy Spirit tells me to tell her this story. Never told the story before. Wouldn't have thought of it. Didn't have it written down. So I said, okay, let me tell you this story. Now, now we have, we're having this debate, right? And this is a long time ago. This is 90, type 92, okay? So I might not be telling the story totally accurate right, okay? All right? But I'm going to do the best I can. So I said, uh, so I said there was a, a, a prince. No, I said there was a princess who was in the castle, right? So she realized she wanted to be in love. So she leaves the castle, and she goes out with her heart, and she's looking for a prince. So she runs into a person. She gives the person their heart. They take the heart, throw it up, throw it around, step all on it. She grabs her heart, runs in the house, locks the door. So she's like, oh, I'm never doing that again. But she's locked inside the, the castle. But then she realizes, oh, I really, I, I still have this longing for love. So I'm going to go back out. So she goes back out, unlocks the door, goes back out, finds another prince. He does worse with her heart than the last prince. So she runs in, she locks the door, she puts guards outside the, the castle. Well, Goes another period of time, but she still has the longing for love. So she goes back out, unlocks the door, gets past the guards, finds another prince. Same scenario. She comes back, locks the door, put guards outside. Then she puts a fence up, right? Goes through a period of time, goes back through the same process, comes back, locks the door, put guards out the side, puts a fence up, put guards outside the fence, right? So now the true prince comes along, which, of course, you know is me, right? So the true prince comes along, but... There's guards outside the fence. There's a fence. There's guards outside the castle. She's inside the castle locked. So I said, open up. I'm here. <laughs> That's the story I told. Right? And uh, so, so that we're together now because of that story. <laughs> but but what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is 
is we're not in God's refuge. We're in our own protective custody. God's inviting us, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Come into my place of safety. Your place is you think it's protecting you, but it's also blocking out help. In my refuge, you not only get the safe place, but you get the help you need to grow, to be strong, to go back out and to win. You can stay in your place as long as you want, but you're just going to come back out even worse because you now you haven't been developing because you haven't had access to what you need. I always told the, the Star Trek story. I don't know if, they, if you, anybody watched Star Trek now, but, but I used to, back in the day, I, I remember Star Trek, they would be, you know, uh, traveling through space, the final frontier, right? They just traveling through, through space. And when they thought they were in harm's way, they would put up a force field. And there's, you know, uh, Scotty force field up. So the force field would go up. And then as they're flying, they would see somebody that recognizes them and they say, hey, well, we, we have, you know, look, they were running out of stuff. We have provision for you. We need to come on board. The only way they can come on board is they had to drop the force field. As long as the force field was up, they were protected, but they was also blocked out from help. So they had to, by faith, go, now, are they legit <laughs> or are they coming to take over the ship? But guess what? They had to drop that force field to find out. And a lot of times they dropped the force field, person come on, and they got what they need. So some of us have this force field that we put up, Right? We've created our own superficial force field. Yes, it's, it, it, it may be protecting you from hurt, but it's also uh, uh, it's, uh, stifling your growth, right? Because now you're not getting the nourishment you need. So, so the place where you were hurt and you got in the force field, you're at that same level of maturity because you ain't got no other information, right? Right? You, you know what you knew before you blocked out all access to anybody else getting in that heart, right? And so, so we have to open up for God's fortress. The Bible says this in Isaiah 57, 13. It says, but he who takes refuge in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. So God has been trying to get us to take refuge in him. And that refuge is going to lead us to the restoration where we can go back out and do what we were purposed to do. But God is saying, come on, come on, you're heavy laden. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me take your cares. Let me take all the stuff you've been carrying. Let me take all that noise in your head. Let me build you back up, strengthen you, and then send you back on your way to do what you were purposed to do because you want to be fulfilled, right? And so, 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 so God is trying to set us up but he needs us to trust him to come back under his tabernacle, under his covering, under his protection, in his fortress of refuge, right? And so a lot of times we go through these, uh, we go through this process and, and when God tries to bring, especially when he brings us to his sanctuary, brings us to his house, you know, we, we the hard part is you got to open up. Like, like, Everything is on the other side of us. Open up as God's leading you. Open up, embrace, relax in God's presence. Get what you need to go back out because we're doing a terrible job of protecting ourselves. Like, we, we, we're not even designed to do that. That's God's job. We're not even really designed to feed ourselves. That's God's job. 
And so as much as we're, we feel comfortable, you know, a lot of times, you know, they find out somebody's, uh, they find out somebody's either sick or destroyed or they find people in their apartments all the time, right? Well, well, how come nobody knew? Because what they did was they isolated themselves. And, and then they find out that their people were so atrophied in their minds and their thinking because time is moving. They've lost sight of the reality of, of what's going on. They can't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 they can't navigate in some of the simple things. So now when they get around people, they're defensive. Because what you trying to say? I'm stupid. And I'm not trying to say you're stupid, but I am saying you don't know this. That doesn't make you stupid because there's intellect in there, but since you've been fighting against people stimulating the intellect with new information, you're making yourself look stupid by every time you defend yourself. But I'm trying to introduce you to something that you haven't been able to do. I'm not trying to assess your level of intelligence because the thing is when they assess levels of intelligence, you have IQ tests and stuff like that, there's plenty of geniuses that do stupid things in life. There's plenty of geniuses that have never gotten the information to really maximize their genius. There's kids sitting at home that their parents go, go to your room, go to your room, go to your room, go to your room. There's another child sitting at home that the parent is constantly stimulating them. And then when you see, boy, that kid is so smart. He's just being stimulated. The other child, it's been, go to your room, go to your room. I'll just be quiet. Why are you asking all these questions? I just talked to somebody. It was like, I ask questions because I'm trying to find out information. That's what I do. I've been asked questions my whole life, right? Because I need, uh, the, the, the movie Short Circuit, the robot, uh, he was going to the library, read the whole library. Uh, it was input, input, input. That's me. Input, input. I need input, right? Because my mind has the capacity to process a lot, and I need input to be stimulated. Some of y'all the same way. But now you do, so your input is worst case scenarios. You're feeding yourself negativity, horror, drama. So, so you're using your intellect to protect against something that doesn't exist. The Bible says it this way, having fear where no fear is. Right? You know, you know the acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. So now I'm using, so, so the adversary says this person is smart, I can just feed them a bunch of craziness and have their mind. You, so you notice how a lot of high, high intellect people are conspiracy theorists? Because their mind needs data. So, so what the adversary does is take them down a rabbit hole. And the thing is, if they're not advancing in life, they're stuck in the rabbit hole. And you better watch out for this. You better watch out. I'm going to tell you right now, you better watch out for this. Hey, 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 hey. You better watch your money right now. They, they go, hey, they, hey, hey. You better, you better be able to know where your money at because they're going to take it. Somebody just said this to me the other day. Sorry about that. But I had to use that. Right? You know, like, like got you down. Just, but I'm in the fortress. If you take all my money, God will give it back. <laughs> and then some. You know what I'm saying? Like, see, if I'm in a fortress, I don't need to be protected against all the conspiracies. Oh, man, by, by the time you turn around, there ain't going to be no oil. Listen, man, do you, you know they have oil they don't even use in this country? 
They haven't been wearing it forever. Like, are we serious? You know you're gonna buy more people gonna buy electric cars when there's a, when there's, there seems to be an oil shortage, right? If there wasn't an oil shortage, they would have to wait for people to buy the cars. I'm sorry, I don't talk about stuff like that. That slipped. It just slipped out. It just came out. You know, I'm a human, right? <laughs> right. So, 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 so what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, what God has been saying is, can he have a shot with us in his refuge? Like really, 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 totally resting in his refuge. Um, because that's when we'll start to experience restoration. Sometimes we're stuck in time because we're, we're not really uh, uh, relaxing or resting in God. Um, the messages will probably connect a little bit because we're going to talk about the believers on Sunday, but we'll see like, like, like that resting and relying in God's refuge is a product of really true, of, of true belief um, and really crossing over into all that God has, really has for us. So, so it's really a setup. And, and I see it, I see it, I see why God has established heirs for all of us because we all need a refuge. We needed to... Uh, to, to, to get rebuilt into doing things and return to things. And some of us are still a little leery. Ah, I don't want to do that right now. Just give me time, this, that, and the other. But, you know, if not now, when? You know, is it, no matter when you start, it's going to be uncomfortable. No matter when you start, you're going to make mistakes. No matter when you start, it's going to, some things are going to, ah, I could have done that better. Man, get it out the way. And then come back again. You're in a safe place, you know. There's been, nobody's been discarded because it wasn't perfect, you know. You know, you got so many testimonies of people that started out teaching and doing stuff, and somebody did five minutes, they wasn't, you'll never teach again. Five minutes, how dare you? Nobody did that. They came right back and went again, and once they got that out of the way, they went again and went again and just built and grew. And it's not just teaching some other things that God has really been pressed on your heart to do, you know, get in the game, get started. You know, as, as Pastor Mel always say, do it afraid. But this refuge is a time to do it as God is trying to restore you. But he's restoring you to send you back out to use you. We're, we're designed to be used by God in the kingdom. And so just one of the, the, the challenges there today, uh, we may talk about this next week, we might not, you know. <laughs> so, but any thoughts or insights based on what you heard? Or anything that made you think about how, how will you challenge or any questions you may have. That's all for today.